Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making creativity and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari. Joining me as always, my co-host, Ethan Carter. Welcome aboard. Hey, what's up, man? It's Monday night. It is Monday night. We always start it the same way. It's Monday night. Like, we tell people it's Monday night, and they're listening to this on Wednesday morning. Exactly. Well, that's the same thing with uh, my... I always do the... because we make and Maker Mail Monday every night, and I'm like, yeah, but no, it's not coming out until Wednesday, so I don't know why I'm doing it. But it's 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 topical. It's it's what I'm doing tonight. So it's it's topical. I'm sorry, that's an Andrew Dice Clay reference that no one but Opie and Anthony fans are gonna get. So um, I don't know how many Opie and Anthony fans we actually actually. If you're an Opie and Anthony fan, I want to know. Just uh, leave me a comment. Leave me a post at me on twitter somewhat just let me know that you're an opie and anthony fan i'm very curious to know if anyone is still an opie and anthony fan i'm, I'm blanking on who who someone recently did it and they're one someone i follow and i interact with a lot i'm just blanking on who it is so i'm sorry if you're a listener uh but they made a dice tray and it was like early in the morning and i commented i was like there has to be some kind of amazing andrew dice tray pun in here and i just i i I couldn't come up with that i was so mad at myself (laughs) i so let's see what i know where we could i know i know i know where we can start (laughs) i have an idea i i released a youtube video this week (laughs) i know not even today wasn't it right uh yeah yesterday oh yesterday, yesterday. Yes, yesterday. sunday yesterday yeah, evening because i just couldn't wait <laughs> like yeah. i was no, so you told excited me you were gonna do it today and then i woke up this morning and it was already out there i was like <laughs> i was i just had to get that video out there it's i awesome. i am oh my god i'm well, so welcome excited to youtube thank you it's as, you know it's nice to be here for the third time myself yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it's my first real maker well my i keep saying it's my first but it's my first video in the style of maker videos that we all have come to know and love right i, it's yeah, my, I mean I, I think it's fair to say it's your first video it's not your first video up there but it's your first maker video yeah about? it's my first real traditional like oh a youtube maker made this video right, type right. video yep and I restored, so last week I talked about um, starting to restore Tonka trucks as a way to kind of get my spark and trying to find myself a little bit again, which I have been kind of wandering in the wilderness the last uh, last month. It's been yeah. really, really bad. Um, and I really feel like I have kind of found that spark again. And what's cool is this is something that I can do that I kind of know how to do now. Mm-hmm. And I can still do all the other stuff that, you know, is going to, I don't know what kind of money this is going to make, if it's ever going to make me money, but I can do this just as a passion project and right. still get enjoyment out of it. And well, that's awesome for me because I don't have many of those anymore. No, I think, and I think that's important. Well, one, as, as a friend and, you know, uh, co-host, I mean, I, I can tell that there's a, there's a passion that I haven't seen in, in probably about a month, right? I mean, yeah, it, it's, and it's, I can totally tell that it's there, which is exciting and fun. Um, but yeah, I think that's also an important thing to think about is you, most of the stuff that you've been doing outside of this is, is business related, which is important and great. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, that's, what's going to make you money, but it's also, you know, there's a part of the, all of this, that's, that's the passion part of it. So to have this on the side that you can have that passion while you're still making money at your other things, I think it's great. It's like, I feel like I, I kind of figured out last week where the, it was, it was, it was kind of, it was a bunch of other things that, like I said mm-hmm. last week, I don't really want to go into on here. Right. Um, but it was also just burnout. Yeah. 
I had been going so hard for right. so long, I just needed a rest. Mm-hmm. And what's nice about doing these trucks is they are a rest for me. Like, it's just an exploration of how to do it. The funny thing is, though, the exploration part, I think, is over. Like, I know everything I did wrong. (laughs) I know everything I need to do to make it work right the next time. So this is not going to be a continuous exploration in the process. Now it's going to be, all right, I did the first one. It came out pretty good. Now I want to start nailing the process. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, yeah. Now it's like refining it, and, and well, mm-hmm. there's exploration and refining anyway. Also, though, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, basically, I, I, the, for those of you that haven't seen it, it's um, I'll throw it in the show notes just so it's in there because I like to whore myself. <laughs> and it's um, it's me restoring one of the Tonka trucks that I bought, and I learned. Let's see, what did I learn? I learned how to use an airbrush. That's awesome, by the way. Yeah. It's on my list now because of it, you. If you have never, and guys, I'm telling you this as as your maker friend, if you've never used an airbrush, it is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am, I don't want to buy rattle cans anymore. Yeah. So, what? I mean, what's the setup that you have? So, I bought this um, Master. It's Master. It's in kind of an off-brand. I didn't buy, like, a nice Iwata or one of those, like, really Mm -hmm. high-end airbrushes but it is a dual action airbrush which was very important to me and when i was buying one i made sure i have one so there's a whole bunch of different configurations you can get for an airbrush so the first configuration is you have a choice of either a pot or gravity feed okay okay so the pot screw you put your paint in underneath and it has a straw that feeds the gun and you attach the can basically the pot to the bottom of the gun yeah, that's basically how my little sand etcher works. Yeah, exactly. And, that's and exactly. And the straw pulls it up through. Yep, yep. Yep. As the air passes by. Right. The problem with those, the problem with those is they don't work very well. They're good for a lot of volume, mm-hmm. but they're also a pain in the ass to keep the nozzle clear oh, on yeah, them for whatever imagine. reason. Right. Yeah. So the the preferred the preferred airbrush technology is gravity feed, which you've probably seen in these. Li- it oh, looks so like yeah, a regular airbrush top. gun. Yeah, and it's got like a cough medicine cup on the top of it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, So the only thing is you have to learn how to thin your paints, which not a problem. I knew how to do it because I've watched enough people do it. It's basically, it's like three quarter to one ratio. So if you're using one ounce of paint, you use three quarters of an ounce of thinner. And you really can get away with doing it by eye. Um, what you do is you, as you start, you pull the stirrer up and you can watch the consistency of the paint come off the stirrer. Okay. You kind of get a feel for, it needs to be a little bit on the watery side. But not soup, not. Right. right And really the only thing you're going to do is if you, if you make it too watery, you're just going to have to do more coats. It's Mm -hmm. still going to work. That's the nice thing. You can't screw it up. You're just going to have to, it's going to take you longer. So you got to find that balance of watered down and, you know enough paint okay cool and so how much so how big is the canister and how long does a canister last or like if you fill it up how long does it last so you can get about an ounce and a quarter of paint okay into it that doesn't sound like a lot but it goes a lot but my whole that whole truck that i did was maybe an ounce and three quarters of paint okay so it's it that's the other thing the other thing that's great about an airbrush the paint lasts forever ever like right, you it's don't kind of a nice thin spray, yeah. right it's 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 a new experience like i don't like rattle cans but rattle cans are super convenient so you just kind of get used to always you know shake up the can and spray it on and make a mess and then you put another coat on to fix the mess 
with an airbrush, you don't make the mess. Um, what's What blew my mind the most is when you're working with the airbrush, like I was holding stuff in hemostats just to keep it away from my hands. There's no overspray with an airbrush. There's just none. You don't get any. I was holding it and my hands were clean. You know, the only reason my hands are coated in blue paint right now is because uh, I'm an idiot and I put the gun down and I didn't real. I wasn't really thinking i put the brush down and the cap doesn't doesn't screw on it just pressure fits Mm -hmm. and i put it down the cap popped off and paint went everywhere (laughs) oh wow oh yeah i saw that that was was the the smurf crime the the smurf crime Crime scene scene. in front of my workbench (laughs) yeah you saw that um but one of the one of the other things that you have to do with an airbrush is there's there's multiple technologies. There's basically just a button. There's a mm-hmm. and then there's a dual action button. So the dual action button, you push it forward and pull it back, and that gives you the amount of flow through the nozzle. And then you push the button in and out to turn it on and off. Okay. So on older brush, well, not older. You know, some of the higher end brushes do this too. There's a, th- there's a screw in the back, and the screw is where you adjust the flow, and then you just pull a trigger to paint. Okay. But it's kind of a pain in the ass, because if you want to add extra, if you want to go heavier in certain spots, you, you have to it. stop. Yeah, yeah this, this is a dual action. That's the trickiest part of using an airbrush, by the way, is learning how to use the dual action button. But eventually, like everything else, it just becomes muscle memory. Right. And so, and so there's not a lot of overspray. I mean, is it... None. Can you, do you have to wear a mat? I mean... Okay. You should wear a mask. You should wear a mask. But, but you know Does Dummy Vin, did Dummy Vincenzo wear a mask? No, he did not. <laughs> um, and I, I'll tell you what, the, the, the fumes that come off the paint because it's enamel mm-hmm. are very strong. Okay. I will say I should have worn a mask. Yeah. But I have a, I have a box fan with a filter on it, and yeah. I did it in front of that. So if it got too strong, I just stopped and pulled away for a second. It's, I'm gotcha. pretty sure I'm not going to get cancer. Oh, well. <laughs> Damn. Um, anyway, um, but it's, it's, I did, so I didn't like train or practice or do a practice piece. I just primed these pieces and I went right into painting them. <laughs> and you know what? For my first attempt, like oh, I can look at it, there are uneven spots, but I I'm like, I mean, I couldn't see it to be honest. I really, you couldn't. have to look real close. Like yeah, you have to I, kind I of be looking for it. For I was. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, it's, it's fun. Like all the, all the techniques that I learned. So I learned how to use the airbrush. Um, I p- used in a practical setting, my, um, rivet gun, which I've yeah. had, I bought this rivet gun. I'm not joking. I bought it two years ago. I've literally put one rivet on a clipboard for Beth. Huh. Like that's the only thing I've done with this rivet what, gun up what, till the, uh, rivet remover. Okay. Uh, explain. I don't. I. I don't understand. I didn't understand what that does or how that works. Okay. This damn thing. The company that created this thing is a freaking genius. Okay. <laughs> so rivets are a pain in the butt to drill out, and the yep. reason they're a pain in the butt to drill out is because you often can't get the drill to sit yes, right. on the rivet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what these guys figured out, and this this thing is expensive. I'm not. This was a splurge. This was like ninety bucks mm-hmm. for. The, the whole bit assembly and four different size bits. So what what it has in have you ever used a VIX bit? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's basically a VIX bit, but with a really big tip and a really wide hole in the bottom of it. Okay. So for those of you that don't know what a VIX bit is, um, they're often called um, cabinet hinge bits mm-hmm. or they're called self-centering bits. Um, I prefer to call them VIX bits just because I don't like using a lot of words. Um <laughs> 
And basically what happens with those is when you're putting hinges on, you put this bit on the hinge hole and it centers the drill so that when the bit comes down, it's in the dead center of the hole. Yeah, I mean, you see people using anyone that watches YouTube. Yeah, you've seen, you don't know, you may not know what they're called, but you've definitely seen people using them. Right. So um, this rivet removal bit is similar to a VIX bit, but it has removable drill bit inserts and it has that same spring-loaded mechanism and it has an adjustable tip the i and these these drill bits are super super strong carbide bits so it's a whole system designed to go into a regular drill and you you push down on the this thing and it sits right over the dome of the rivet and then when you push in, the bit moves through the center into the center of the rivet, and it just drills it out in like I'm talking. Once you figure out what combination of tip and bit to use, right? Seconds. I mean, literally three to five seconds. You're drilling it out, and if the the reason it works this way is, the idea is you're going to do multiples. It's not like meant for what I'm doing where I'm drilling one rivet out. Yeah, yeah. So you got to figure out the right combination. That's going to take a little time, but once you do. Yeah. Right. Once you, it takes. I promise you, from experience, the three times I've used this thing, it takes a lot less time to use this than it does to drill it out with a regular drill. Oh yeah. So I bet. Yeah. even with, I was, I was taking apart. I have an old 1950s toolbox that I'm going to restore at some point. Yes. And I was taking all the bit, the rivets out of that, and it was a mmm to take the <laughs> damn thing out. I almost lost my clean tag there, and I know everybody that knows how much I value the clean tag is laughing. <laughs> And this bit took what I was trying to do it without the bit. Finally said, screw it. I'm just going to wait till I get the bit. I got the bit. I took 36 rivets out of this toolbox in a period of about two minutes. I'm not, that's how fast it is. Once you set it up, it's, it's a miracle. Um, so that's what I used to get the rivet out. And then I used my rivet gun to pop a rivet back in. I didn't even understand how to do the rivets. Like, I picked up the rivet gun and it was like, I, how does this go? What do you do with the rivets? Like, and then it just kind of made sense. It's like, well, this must go this way. And right. I, oh, look at that. It does go that way. Okay. Now what do I, do? Oh, I guess I put this over here and pull it. Oh, and then it just comes together. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. See, I've, I've got my eye on, uh, like, I mean, it's, I, I, I might sound dumb here and I could be, so correct me, uh, listeners, but, um, so obviously there's rivets for leather work as well mm-hmm. as you know and i think the concepts are basically the same but i think the rivets are different like i don't think you can use a rivet. they are yeah they're definitely not the same right so you can't use that kind of rivet gun for leather work so these are called so what you're looking for what you're looking for are standard grommets and these rivets are these rivets are called usually called pop rivets yeah, or so blind the, rivets the, uh, and well i have like double i use double dome rivets which are so the grommet has a hole in the center. This right. w- this would is basically it's like a snap, but a permanent yeah. snap. And you just cra- those get cramped, get crimped together, together in some right. way. And yeah, I mean, I've been having a heck of a time with uh, snaps. I got, um, <laughs> I mean, and and that's the next video is going to be uh, some leather catch-alls with with uh, snaps so that they, you can you know flatten them for the travel or whatever. And I mean, I made fifteen of them, so oh, the, the ratio, you know, the the fault rate was it was fine i mean there was only like maybe four snaps that didn't work but it's such a pain when you put when you do the snap and then it just doesn't 
stay closed. Like it's yep. just. Or you look at it and it's, you put the snap on the wrong side. Oh, yeah, I can't yeah, tell yeah. you how many yeah. times I've done that. Or yeah. where I, I set up to do a snap for like one of my bracelets. Yep. And it's backwards. It's, it's either backwards or I put two of the same kind. <laughs> yeah. Which I've done that way more than I like to admit. Snaps are a pain in the ass. They're, with they're leather. a pain. And well, and it's the same. And so the removal is a very similar. I mean, you basically have to drill it out. And, you know, I, I so I had to do that a couple of times. And, Luckily, it was on my dad's, and he doesn't care. But you know, I I did it, and it, of course, you know, the last time, the last second, this the drill slipped and like scratched the leather, and I was just of like, course it did. And now oh. you have to now you have to try to yes. buff that out. Yep, and I did my best. He doesn't. He's fine with it, obviously, and he's. Care- but yeah, I mean, I'm so far. I'm just using the cheap snap sets that you get off of Amazon, which comes with a hole punch and the punch, you know, the punches mm-hmm. and everything like that. I. After this experience, I think I might want to invest in a form, you know, a true um, m- mechanism that actually does it. And, and they make one? Press it. Oh, yeah. There's, um, oh. They're not cheap, though, actually. But somebody told me, I saw something on, um, I'm on a leather group, like group chat thing on uh, Instagram. And someone posted one from buckleguy.com, uh, who I've gotten some stuff from. And it's like, his is, I think, like... 50 or 60 bucks but if you get it from like uh weaver or you know tandy or something like that they're they're probably like 300 bucks hmm. which is a lot for something that basically just ma- does snaps and rivets i mean that's a lot of money but yeah, yeah. that's that's not gonna happen in my world no but... not gonna happen in my world either <laughs> but but i'm intrigued hmm. by this you know 60 bucks i might be able to uh justify at some point if i start selling some stuff but yeah because yeah. I'm, i might be doing i might be doing i'm the the deal for these bracelets might be mm-hmm. back on which means I'm going to be mass producing them, and the idea of sitting here with the little anvil and oh, a mallet yeah. to crush buttons. Well, I'll, crush send you, I'll send you the the link to this thing because again, if you're doing that, I it'll one, pay for itself very quickly. It'll pay for itself for efficiency, but also like quality too. I think it does a much better job, um, and it doesn't have the same like I don't know about you using the little anvil thing. I get scratches sometimes on the snaps and all the time. Yeah. And All the time. So this is holds everything right in place, and you basically—it's just basically like a—I don't know—just you just pull the pull a lever down, and it just presses it. So I am very fast. It's, it sounds like a badgement. Was it the badgement, the thing mm-hmm. that makes the buttons for people? Yeah, Sound, that's kind of what it sounds like. That's yeah, kind of cool. I, I didn't know that. Simple, I think it's basically the same concept. Is that to be honest? So yeah, that was that was what I worked on in the shop pretty much all week and most of the weekend, and then this weekend, you know, mo- all, pretty much all of yesterday, Sunday, was spent assembling the footage from my Osmo Action, my Osmo Pocket, and my um, Canon SX730. So, well, a- again, I was saying this before we started recording. As someone who it takes forever to edit and uh, do voiceovers, you busted that thing out so quick and and and, it's, and and well too like not just you know you're not just off the cuff it was very very good so you know what's funny i had no script for that no well exactly i don't i and i knew that i had a feeling because you are very good at that so no <laughs> i mean in the best way i mean it's you, you're you can just you, you and it sounds natural too which i also like i know that i don't sound natural and i like that about yours it, it sounded like you were talking to someone watching the video, which I think and, is a really nice quality. I know Aunt, Aunt Pruitt appreciated the at the one point when I joked about um, nice work, genius. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, so, I think he even commented, didn't he? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, nice work, genius. That's a good one. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of it. I learned enough. I learned enough where there's plenty of room for improvement, 
but the next one should be like if the next one's right. not perfect i'm going to be very upset <laughs> like i know all the stuff that i need to do better right, um right. but I, d- I also d- so do you mean filming or or restoring or both yes <laughs> <laughs> okay so it's really one of the things one of the things i was surprised worked as well as it did was the vinyl decals for the tonka logo mm-hmm. on the side um that's just cr- that's just straight out of the cricket like I didn't do anything. It's right out of the cricket and applied directly to the body of the car. And that's of course footage that was lost. I don't know where there's a whole bunch of footage that my Osmo action ate and I don't know where any of it is. Isn't like, that the most frustrating, annoying thing ever? It's so aggravating because I had this there are parts of the process that I documented meticulously that don't exist and right. I don't know where the hell they are, which is another reason I'm not gonna be using these anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just go with my rebel and, or my video camera and just do it that way. Yeah. Might do the video camera just cause I have more focal range with it. Like right. I can go down to macro or I can go all the way out to completely wide everything in focus. Yeah. And uh, you want that range. I think it adds more dramatic yeah. shots and well, interesting. There were a footage. couple of shots that I did close ups on in this video that were just me zooming in premiere. Oh really? Like just expanding the size. Yeah. I don't know how huh. premiere does this now. There's some magic sauce that they've added to Premiere that you can take a 1080p video and go in about, probably to about, I don't know, another 60% and still have a clear video. I don't know how they do it. I really don't. It's it's almost magic. The algorithm that they're using for resizing footage is phenomenal now. It's like almost it's, like a vector file. <laughs> y- literally, yeah. It's like it's like when you do a true type font and everybody makes a two hundred and eighty eight <laughs> point to see what it looks like. Like that's kind of what's like. It's really good. So yeah, it was it was a learning experience. I learned how to do voiceovers in Premiere. I didn't you I didn't do a separate voiceover in like audition or you know anything else or on my voice recorder and then drop it in. I did the, I did it oh, yeah. using the built-in facilities in Premiere and it's really good. No, I, I'm, I'm really happy with, uh, so I, I edit everything in LumaFusion as mm-hmm. I think we've talked about. And yeah, I, I've been, I just do the same thing. It's all voiceover on there. Um, and I, I, lo- I love it. It works great. So I mean, it takes a little bit to, to balance and there's, I've learned a couple things like it sounds, so my micro, my headphones plug into my microphone Mm-hmm. And because of that, there's it like the volumes and stuff like that don't translate to what it actually sounds like. And that totally. was a big learning from my like my first and second video is that I had to kind of get it, listen to it and and adjust all the volumes after I unplugged the microphone. So what I would recommend you do, and this is something that I've learned, you know, I learned even had to apply when I was doing the VO for that video. Mm-hmm. I don't I only listen to the monitor. So that I know that I'm talking. Yes, right. Um, that's all it's good for. It's yep. it's literally it's it's it stops you from screaming because you modulate your voice because right. you hear your voice through your headphones. But you're not listening to the quality. But you can't listen yeah. for quality or volume. You yeah. can't. You just simply can't. What I like about the Yeti, the blue Yeti, which is what I use. There's two different. There's obviously you have the output in the computer. You can adjust the input, the mic volume on the input. Mm-hmm. And the headphone jack, which is the RTM, the real-time monitor on this, has a separate volume control on the microphone. Oh, that is nice, yeah. So I can watch levels on the screen and see if I'm producing good levels. Right. But then if I want to hear it a little louder, I can bump it up without affecting the levels going out of the mic. This mic oh, is fantastic. Yeah, that is a good one. I, I love mean, I this actually, thing. I actually love mine, too, but it but it's purely because of my editing setup that I have it. But 
Um, of course. I mean, the Apogee, I mean, it is, this thing is phenomenal. All, yeah. All considering, but, uh, but yeah, the, the Blue Yeti, I mean, if anyone wants a microphone, that that's the one. I, I know so many people that have that and swear by it. I think the secret, I think the secret when it comes to microphone is just buy a good microphone. Right. Just buy a good microphone. In fact, buy a good, look, if you have the money to spend, here's your configuration, find a good XLR condenser mic and buy a Scarlett 2i2. Mm-hmm. And I always recommend the 2i2 because it's two input. And you don't think you need two inputs until you need two inputs, right? Right, right, right. Um, I wish I had two inputs. I'm on the verge of getting rid of this. I'm getting a Yeti, a Yeti Pro instead, which mm-hmm. has an XLR output, and getting a Scarlett 2i2 because then I can play sounds on the show. Yeah. Um, because I can plug my Surface Pro or my iPad or my iPhone into the other input, mix Maybe them so. down, and put them out to you so you can hear all of it. So we can do like some fart noises and some... Exactly. Wacky. We need wacky noises on <laughs> wacky this podcast. Noises. What's a podcast without wacky noises? But yeah, so about, the Yeti worked really well for doing the VO. Like I couldn't... I was... So one of the things I wanted to do is... I was maybe a little bit humble bragging yesterday with the wife <laughs> and I went into the living room and we started watching, you know, one of Matchbox Garage's videos because that's mm-hmm. li- between Matchbox Garage and Nerdy Crafter. It's all I watch on YouTube these <laughs> days. And I'm like, you know what? I want to see how my video sounds through the TV. So I switched over to my account, popped on the and I was like, oh, my God, I made a real video. <laughs> like it was it was the first time that's happened to me where I've produced something and been that surprised by the quality of it. And I was I was kind of proud of it. I was kind of proud of it. And I'm also happy that I said it in the video too. This is the first time I've done something per, almost perfectly mm-hmm. on the first attempt. That's awesome. Yeah. Like if I gave you that back and said, hey, I restored your truck, you would go, this is really cool. Right, right, right. Yeah. You wouldn't go, you could have done such a better job on this. Right. Yeah, you'd be happy with it. You would be happy with that. I'm not happy with it because I'm a perfectionist and I see all the flaws. But yeah, I'm. I really. This was a good. This was a good weekend. And now that's a good win right there. It is. And now I have the next. The next restore. The next restore is in the house. I've seen pictures and I'm. I'm stoked for it. I think. I I think this thing is so cool. It's a mid seventies Tonka car carrier and if you go to my instagram there's a picture of it oh yeah you did post it okay yep i brought it home i brought it home and the first thing i did was take a picture of it because i wanted (laughs) to be like all right guys if you like the last one there's another one coming (laughs) so and what's cool is wednesday so wednesday i have the last um ct scan that hopefully will tell me i don't have cancer anymore and they could take this stupid chemo port out of me and one of the things I'm looking forward to is coming home and having the afternoon to myself. So right. I'm going to be in the shop. <laughs> That's awesome. What, because, a, what a nice reward, right? Oh, just some, some shop time, just getting through all of it and just going to the shop and just working on this truck. And I think I'm going to film this one, you know, just like a normal resto mm-hmm. with, with different cameras. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to start, I'm going to do individual process videos out oh, of cool. what I yeah, film. Yeah. Like of like this technique on restoring. Right. So this okay. is how you deal with the tires. This is how you deal with the transparencies because like kind of like Bob's bits videos. Like yeah, very basically technique, you know, right. That that's exactly it. I'm gonna deep dive each process in restoring these because contrary to how popular these little trucks are, 
there aren't a lot of videos of people doing this. And I only got the fire lit under my butt. Kip K did one. He actually did the dump truck I had when I was a kid. So that inspired me to order the same dump truck that I had as a kid, (laughs) which I now have sitting on the floor in my living room because that's going to be – that's the last resto. Once I have every process perfect – because that rest that one's staying Means with me. Something, yeah. Yeah, that's important. Right. That's that's I'm restoring that for myself. Right. But I have I have like five of the little blue ones. I have them coming in all different colors. And then I have another this woman locally has a collection that she's selling the whole collection. It's seven vintage Tonka trucks. And I just bought all of them. That's and awesome. I got her, she was charging she was charging fifty dollars a truck. Mm-hmm. And I got seven of them for $200. Nice. And I told her, I said, I will come get them and I yep. will give you cash. Yep. And she's like, One and done. Okay. I could do that for $200. Yep. I'm like, You're damn right you would. You, you'd you have to be <laughs> insane to say no. Who's going to take this whole collection off your hands in one right. shot? I mean, that would be months. Yeah. If not more. Uh, Look, I, she right. would have made, I'm not going to lie, if she was oh, patient, yeah. she would have made a lot more money selling them individually. But this is 200 fast dollars yeah like no questions asked i didn't even need to see them um i'll what i hope they're beat to hell because that'll make a better (laughs) video (laughs) exactly it's funny because i'm looking for the ones that nobody wants right right. and all these like look at this this is like mint condition original paint and i'm like oh i can't restore that that's not worth (laughs) shit to me i don't want that (laughs) yeah give me your tired your poor and your badly rusted Um, I can't believe I have talked this much and I am kind of embarrassed, but we are basically at the halfway point. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. Then you're going to come, we'll come back. You can talk about your, um, your project because I really like your spin on this project. This was really, really cool. I watched it today. Um, it was on your Instagram today. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I watched it on your Instagram today. I was super impressed with how cool it looked. Oh, thanks. I'm assuming there's not going to be a YouTube video for that one. No, not for this. Okay. Um, and then we'll talk about um, our things of the week. And the video of the week, I think we're probably going to have a lot to say about because yeah. I've never seen a video like this. I It's 18 minutes of pure magic, but you're yeah. going to have to wait till after the break to find well, out what we're talking we about. So, good things of the week. I got some good things of the week, too. So, Oh, cool. All right. Good, good. All right. So that's it. We're going to do all that after the break. All right. So now that I have talked everyone's ear off, like um, like I'm on antidepressants or some other, is it antidepressants <laughs> to do that? One of the one of the medications for something makes you really really chatty. I know Coke does it, yeah, but yeah. I'm not Cocaine, I'm not on Coke what right now. What you're thinking of? Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Coke technically is an antidepressant. I mean, I don't know a whole right. lot of depressed people on Coke. So well, while they're on it, at least right? <laughs> <laughs> they might have a little you know buyer's remorse afterwards. Yes, yeah, but... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. You put up t- today. It was today, not last night, right? It was today. Yes, today. Yep. Yeah. So it was you put up like five o'clock. Yeah. And absolutely, I just love. I love when you do your your little just Instagram only projects. Oh, I really thanks. do. Like this is the kind of project, and to be honest, I love, I the love in- these kind of projects. Like, as these, soon as yeah. I saw it, I got the inspiration. I knew who the inspiration was, oh, and I was like, "Oh, this is a really cool spin on something we've already talked about." So why don't you tell everybody what you worked on? Yeah. Okay. So, um, and, and I knew I was going to do this the second I saw his version. So, uh, obviously a, a longtime listener and a big supporter of the show and, and tr- truly one of my favorite people and, uh, and YouTubers, uh, Bernie, uh, works by solo. Um, he, as we've talked about before, I think it, it probably, it would have been our video of the week 
had we had that segment at that point. Um, I think but, so too. Yeah. Right. Because uh, we mean, both loved it. We yeah. both loved it. Yeah. Um, he made the uh, base for his magic arm. So a magic arm, for anyone that doesn't know, is this, and I didn't even know about them until his video, but it's this weird contraption. It's basically like a mega super tripod kind of thing. And basically what it does is it has all these different uh, angle, uh, places that can bend in different ways, but it all is managed by one uh, tensioning point. So you can get all these different angles and stuff like that, but you don't have to adjust a lot of different mechanisms so um and so bernie made this amazing video on on making a stand from that and he used a little weight and then he uh tap and died am i saying that tap and died he tapped uh, tapped yeah tapped. I, I still by the way that's the part of the video that stuck with me it's like you could do that i know I you could like, do that and, like and that, duh. I, and my video my version is directly because i can't do that so um <laughs> but no he made this amazing base for it um, and, and basically what you want is you want something really heavy so that this arm, when it's extended really far out, doesn't tip over, right? That's kind of the, the concept behind it. So he made that video and it just inspired me and I was super pumped for it. Um, and so I decided to make my own and I do a lot, I use my cell phone a lot for video, uh, Instagram videos and then also for secondary, uh, shots for YouTube videos. Um, and I use a little stupid tripod, uh, you know, those like, 10, not even 10 inch, whatever, maybe eight inch tall tripods that you get um, for your cell phone. And they tip over and you can't really get any good angles and anything like that. So as soon as I saw he did that, um, I was like, I got to get one. So I ordered one. And so my version is a little bit different, but I think it's kind of is in my wheelhouse. And I just made a concrete and epoxy base for this magic arm. And all I did was I just used a, uh, I used a, a plastic bowl that I got from the dollar store uh, to make the form, and uh, and I just inset the um, the base plate for this tripod into the concrete. So I actually talked to Mike of Industrial Maker. Uh, we kind of brainstormed a couple different things on how to make it strong enough. So this bowl had a little bit of a recess. So basically, what I did is I just made it so that the uh, base plate sat a little bit lower than the bottom of the bowl poured concrete in it and that held the base plate and took the mold off and it had this nice little dome and then uh, on the top of the or what was what would be the bottom of the bowl now the top of the dome had a little recess and so I used some epoxy uh, with some pigments to add another layer to kind of give it some more support um, huh. I don't know if that made sense but yeah I mean I watched the video and I'm, I'm going through the process and I'm like yeah that makes sense okay yeah <laughs> Yeah, so watch the video. Go watch the video, and it'll make more sense. But it was super fun, and, you know, it's one of those, every time I do a video that is inspired by someone else, I'm always a little anxious about whether they will be cool with it or uh, will whether I would do it justice or whatever. And uh, so I was a little nervous about that, but uh, Bernie gave me the stamp of approval. and uh, I'm, Oh, really? Yeah, I'm super honored uh, to, to get that uh, because I admire him very much, so... Um, yeah, so it was my own little spin on it. And, you know, I think it was, it was a different style than his. I, I actually like his more, but, um, but it, this one, uh, works for me. So you did, I, what I loved about it, I loved the little leather accent that you put on yeah, it. Cause yeah. it's such an Ethan Carter thing to do is to <laughs> unnecessary, unnecessary leather. leather. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like you did. So you did, it, as, speaking of unnecessary leather, you did the, um, the, the blade covers, <laughs> Okay, yeah, <laughs> like on a scale of on a scale of one to ten, how unnecessary is this? And I'm like, well, out of ten, 
15. Yeah, <laughs> this no, is com- even I, as I was posting it, I was like cringing. I was like, this is so stupid. And, and all and to anyone that follows me, I, I do all of that, obviously, with, you know, a comedic level. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't take myself seriously. Uh, but even that one, I was like, oh, my gosh. But uh, <laughs> actually, I think it was last week's thing of the week. Uh, Andrew of uh, AG Does It. He, uh, I posted a video about the Exacto blades, and he's like, "You should make that into a pushpin." So I did. Now I, I, so I got to ask you a question because mm-hmm. I meant to. I've been meaning to ask you this, and why the hell not? I might as well mention it on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you did the the journal cover for Dave, mm-hmm. and you did the um, the map that you did that you stuck the needle the knives into. Mm-hmm. How do you carve the leather? What are you doing to oh. carve the leather? How are you doing it? Yeah, so uh, so that's actually a good question, and that will be part of my next video. Well, I'll actually just mention it in my next YouTube video, but um, I use my Cricut. But, uh, really? So I have a Cricut maker, uh-huh. and the Cricut maker uh, will cut things. Right. So that's one of the kind of the features that uh, the other maker, uh, the other crickets don't have. Yeah, the explorer, the explorer cannot do it. It doesn't have the, a, it doesn't have a powerful enough motor. It just won't cut anything thicker than like fabric. Exactly. And so okay. this does, and it, it it takes a special blade. But what? Uh, but there's a third party, and there's a, a company that, and they sell it on Amazon. And I found it from some YouTube video that basically makes this. Uh, accessory that you put into the cricket um that instead of cutting you you set you you set it up as if it was cutting the cutting leather or wood or whatever but it doesn't go as deep and it just has a really hard tip hard sharp tip and so the cricket thinks it's cutting but it's all it's doing is actually engraving so it's like scribing. It's like scribing right. the face of the leather but on yep. the cricket yep so and, and so you wet and and uh you wet the leather is, uh, you know, it works better if you wet the leather so that it can kind of, you know, you don't want it to rip the le- leather, right? You want mm-hmm. it to just kind of gently, you want it to kind of drag it, right? Drag like across yeah. it very smoothly. And so you wow. wet the leather right before you put it in and it, and it works great. I mean, it, it varies for, with the type of leather, the type of finish and everything like that. It works better on some than others and stuff like that. But so does it, I'm fascinated by this. So do, is it like like a chisel edge, like, the, or is it like point. a point? Oh, a so, point. oh, so it's like the actual cricket blade. Because I was yeah. wondering how it changes direction. Because if it's a chisel blade, it would have to rotate to move another. Well, wow. no, actually. So yeah, the cricket blade actually does have. It's uh, the cricket blade is basically like an exact a mini exacto blade. If you look at it really closely. It, oh really? It has, a, it has a front and a back. It, it has a and so the cricket will move it in different directions to cut. Uh, okay. This is purely just a straight point oh wow and so, it so it's just dragging it. it is or whatever it just cuts it you know i was sitting there thing i, I saw the journal cover and i'm like wow he carved that by hand that's impressive <laughs> i'm oh, like i mean yes no i didn't use the cricket i did everything by hand vincent right <laughs> totally yeah and and like when i make my bracelets i totally do them by hand i don't oh, yeah, use totally. the glowforge no <laughs> not at all wow no okay it's a cool accessory and i uh, i don't think a lot of people know about it um, but I think it was like 20 bucks and it, uh, and it, I mean, it lasts forever. It, it, there's nothing that wears on it because it's, it's metal versus leather. Like it's not right. wear, wear out. So it's, it's totally worth it. I've done a ton of stuff. And like I said, it does not work on some leathers and some finishes. Like you have to kind of play around with it and you have to play around the settings too, how deep it cuts, how many passes, all that. But yeah, totally. But that's, that's kind of normal. I mean, right. I mean everything with the, with the cricket, I mean, 
even if you change, like I've gone from using like Oracle 631, which is semi-permanent, to 651, which is permanent, you have to change the blade. Well, mm-hmm. you not not the blade, but the the cutting pressure because it won't cut through 651 and 631 reliably at the same pressure. Right. You, and you know what I learned? You know what I learned? I'm going to tell you something pretty crazy. And I think my friend, my friend Bridget actually does listen to this podcast. So hello, Bridget. <laughs> um, so I had been having problems with my Cricut. Um, I love that we're talking Which version about... Which version do you have the Explorer? I have the Explorer Air 2. Okay. Um, yep. uh, the latest Explorer Air. Um, I didn't have the money for the Maker at the time. I still don't really have the money for... But really, the stuff that I would do with the Maker, I could do with the Glowforge. Well, exactly. If I had a Glowforge, I wouldn't have a Cricut. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, well, you would have a cricket if you ever did vinyl because you can't right, do vinyl right, in a Glowforge. Right. Um, but I was having a problem where nothing was cutting through. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter how I set it, I could set it to like um, permanent vinyl, heat transfer vinyl, which is, you know, a little bit, you know, whatever. I think heat transfer vinyl is actually a little bit thicker. Might is that actually like be what thinner. you use for like t shirts? Mm hmm. Okay. So. I was having this problem, and I, I knew about this trick, but I told her, I was like, I got to get a new blade for my Cricut. She goes, why? I said, well, I've had it, a, you know, about a year and a half, and it's, you know, it's the blade is starting to dull, and I don't use it that much, but I use it enough where after a year and a half, all right, fine, I'll, I'll replace the blade. I'll be a sport. <laughs> and she goes, did you do the foil trick? What? And I'm like, you know, I didn't, because I, I didn't think it actually worked. She goes, oh, it works great. You got to do the foil trick. I have no idea what that is. Okay, so, yeah, that's why I figured, because, you know, you as a fellow traveler in the world of cricket, you know, because we are both Midwestern housewives, um, the cricket blade um, is in, for those of you listening, is in an assembly, so you can pop the whole thing out, and you can push on the back, basically to exert pressure when you push on the back of it, it comes out a little further. So what you do is you take a piece of aluminum foil, preferably heavy-duty aluminum foil, but any aluminum foil will work, and you fold it in half, you put the blade on it carefully, and you poke the blade through the aluminum foil a few times. And what that actually does is it deburrs the blade. No way. I swear to you, my Cricut works as good as it did the day I bought it. <laughs> I got to try that on the so the, the cutting blade, so not the vinyl one, but the one for cutting leather and stuff like that. That thing dulls out so quick, and and they're not cheap. I mean, it's like fifteen bucks or something for another blade. Or it, another blade. It so. may not. It may not. It be might not work. Dulling better. as much as it just needs to be deburred. I'm because try that. this isn't going to sharpen a blade. Like no, people, right. people always make. By the way, if you ever see those little ceramic things with the two notches, that's not a sharpener. It's a yeah, deburr. Right. Yeah. It, people think that that sharpens a knife. What no. it does is the unevenness on the edge. It basically grinds that off. Well, and that's why it, it's a maintenance thing versus right. A thing. Exactly. That's what. Yeah, and that's why you can do it to a knife a thousand times, and the knife right. doesn't get smaller. Right. I, I don't want to be the one to break the news to you guys, but if you sharpen your knives all the time, they don't last forever. They no. don't just keep getting sharper and sharper. They actually do get smaller. <laughs> well, well, and that's why that's why you you should use the ceramic things all the time. Right, so you don't have to sharpen right. them that often. Yep. But yeah, all these things, like the, the aluminum foil trick for the Cricut and the hmm. the ceramic sharpeners, all they really, they're not really sharpeners, they just deburr a blade. So they take the imperfections on the very finest edge and they kind of, gr- they basically grind them flush like or knock off. together. <laughs> yeah, or they knock off the parts that are just kind of dangly huh. that are causing the, the blade to snag and you get smoother, cleaner cuts. 
the foil trick saved my cricket. So I have two brand new blades in the package. I don't even need them right now. So Bridget, I thank you. That. I gotta you, try that. I gotta try So I did uh, when I cut out. What was I cutting out? Oh, when I did the leather checkerboard. I don't know if you remember that, but I did a leather checkerboard and I cut out uh, like I don't even know however many squares goes into a checkerboard. Um, and sixty-four. Thing, yeah, and so that completely like is anything I try to use the blade for now just kind of rips it. it yeah, that's death. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if I don't know if it might be too far gone for that, but maybe not because yeah, i'm telling you i mean why not otherwise this, i'm just throwing it out so i was using 631 which is literally literally plastic wrap thin it is super super thin and it wasn't cutting through hmm. and i did the tonka truck i bought cricket permanent vinyl which is really thick vinyl mm-hmm. cut it perfectly on the first try weeded perfectly when i weeded it nothing stuck to the letters and i mean that that whole thing is like an inch Mm-hmm. Like just under an inch, so I mean it's small and it right. cut perfectly. So yeah. yeah, if you have a cricket, if you have a cricket and the blade isn't really performing, I would highly recommend just taking a piece of foil, take the blade out of the slot, punch the punch the blade through the aluminum foil five or six times, put just it back like and try it again, just straight through. Yeah, just straight through, just okay. right through. We'll put a little hole and do it about six times. I, I couldn't believe. Huh. I was like, this has just got to be like one of those, like you know. Yeah. voodoo bs type things that everyone believes works but, but like buzzfeed uh life hacks or five minute crafts yeah <laughs> which is the literal worst website yeah. on earth um yeah it's it's great it worked great and it saved my crickets i i, I almost want to i don't want to have too many segments on here but i feel like we should have like tip of the week because that oh, yeah. is a great no, if you have great. a cricket those blades two to a package is 24 dollars, so they're not overly expensive that's a lot though i mean yeah for, for they, they're not cheap you can get you can get, how I can get I think forty exacto blades for <laughs> maybe ten bucks. Well, right? you need that with your exacto knife empire. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been it, that's it's been fun. It's that's crazy, but you're I can't believe how many of those you're making. By the way, it's well, it doesn't take me long as we've talked about, and you know, yeah, I've I, I had an, another person reach out and be like, you need to charge more, and so I, I think oh, you know, boy. I think when I go when i put them on my website or whatever i'll you know five bucks more i like to me again it's it's more what are about, you charging for them again uh well so in the I, US, I don't want to blow up your spot no, if no, you don't no no uh, i mean in the u.s i've been selling them for 20 bucks um canada's 30 or you should be canada's charging 20 you should be charging and, 25 for them yeah you really yeah, yeah, should exactly. be charging so, 25 for them and, and that's what i'm going to start selling for so from yeah. this, this point on um, <laughs> And I, I probably anyone that's listening to this show that wanted one has already gotten one. Uh, but yeah, from this point <laughs> on, I'm going to do 25. And again, it's it's my margins are great. I make probably over 50 percent, to be honest. Um, but it's you know, that's not a, absolute dollars. It's not a lot. But it's again, it's it's more about getting them in the hands of people and uh, word of mouth and exposure and stuff like that. And it's been great. I mean, Absolutely. it's awesome. And I, and I just like I like I like sharing, you know, getting my stuff out there. So. By the way, the premium fine point blade on Amazon for the mm-hmm. Cricut, which is the one I just bought at Michael's, is twenty nine ninety nine for two pack. That's like that's a lot. That's a they're, lot for a blade. They're incredibly expensive. The yeah. blades, they really are. The cons- I will say this: this is one thing that's annoying about the Cricut. Yeah. The consumables are expensive. Well, I mean, it's it's the razor blade model. It's the or the Keurig model. I mean, it's you, the machine costs aren't cheap, but they're not like overly. They're not glow forges, right? 
make you know, their money on you the ain't accessories. Kidding. You right. ain't kidding. I, 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 well, it's not like Glowforge. So Glowforge, after X number of hours, you have to replace the, the laser, and the laser is 500 bucks. Is that right? Yeah, the tube is 500 bucks for the, the, carbon, the carbon dioxide 45 watt or 40 watt. Well, it depends on which one you have, either the 40 watt or the 45 watt tube. And like how, approximately, like how long do you think that lasts? So they say 5,000 hours. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't think anyone. I don't know. In, like even in the Glowforge group, I don't know of anyone that's burnt theirs out. Like I know people that have replaced it. Like yeah, there are a couple, but the general there's thirteen. Was it thirteen thousand people in that group, or some ridiculous thirteen hundred people in that group, or some ridiculous number? And you never see anyone talking about how they had to replace the laser. I mean, it's only been out what a year and a half. Right. Like it hasn't been out that long. It's so established, and so many people have them. Yeah, I can't believe it's only been that long. Cause... It literally hasn't been that I mean, you know, um, Bruce is one of the people who was who backed the – I think he backed the Kickstarter. He got one of the first ones. So That's crazy. I, I got mine um, Christmas Eve of 2018. Okay. Christmas Eve, FedEx delivered it on – I couldn't believe – that I actually got it on Christmas Eve, but so I did. Like, so that's two years, right? Yeah. Christmas Eve of 2018, and then Christmas Eve of 2019 was a couple of weeks ago. So it's a little oh, yeah, over no, a year. Sorry, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a little over a year. I, I, it's a shame because I got it. <laughs> I got it, and then I had my surgery in March. So right, I right. barely had any time to play with it before I had my surgery. But boy, I went right to it when I was done. It was like one of the first things I did. Is like, okay, I'm going to start really playing with this thing and really learn how to use it now. So, <laughs> fantastic machine. I know everybody. Everybody's like, I don't have the money for that. Listen, you have the money for it because it's licensed to print money. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, you'd have a harder time justifying the space it takes up than the money it costs. <laughs> to be honest, I think that's my biggest issue. <laughs> like, I think that's the issue for most people. Right. It's huge. I mean, it's right. not It's not like a... Look, the Cricut needs a lot of space because the, the sheet goes in... The, right. the mats go in and out through the whole machine. Right. They're, they're, that's why they need space. But they're small. When you're not using them, you can put them up against a wall. Right. The Glowforge is just massive. It's right. the size of a very large printer. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I think bigger than a very large. I mean, a very large, like yeah. one of those industrial inkjet printers. Right, right. Yeah, like one of those. It's that big. Yeah. Um, but I don't. No- <laughs> I, I, oh, I, I highly, yeah, highly recommend. If 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 you have an inkling to get one, get one. Yeah. Like that's no, I that's. Just, I, I definitely. I I. I, I I'll I, give you my referral time, code. Yeah. You'll save two hundred and fifty bucks. It'd be great. All right. Cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. That'll justify the whole cost of it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Oh man! So, do you want to do uh, want to do some uh, things of the week? Yeah, should we start with the video of the week? We should start with the video of the week because this one is unexpected. Yes, yeah, <laughs> this is very unexpected. But he earned his place this week because I think so. I watched I watched it last was it last I think it was last night. No, it was Saturday night. I watched this. That's what I do on a Saturday night. I watch YouTube. Well, um, and to be fair, it took you. Give it, telling me to watch it to watch it so there you go all, all full disclosure but i'm thankful you did so yeah this is a good one so our good friend our mutual friend caleb mm-hmm. over at you can make this too um Actually, really just say, a fun fact awesome about caleb. Dude. he was this so i i think i've talked about this bruce was the first person i met at workbench i walked into the lobby and i was like that's bruce 
and I <laughs> went up and introduced <laughs> myself, and he was he was in the middle of something, so uh, he was very nice, obviously. Uh, but and uh, he's like, whatever. And then I went to check in, and I was like in line behind Caleb, and I didn't know him at that time. And so then Bruce came over after he was done with his thing and was like talking to me and I think him and Caleb might have driven together or something. They had some connection and he introduced me. And so Caleb was my fr- the second person I met and the first sticker swap I got. Wow. So, yes. Yeah, so. Oh, yeah. Do Shout you, out, Caleb. Do you want to? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. You, okay, so we'll, well talk about it. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, we'll okay, talk about okay. it later. Okay. So, yeah. So Caleb did a video and I'm telling you guys, I'm just going to tell you this much. You think you know how saw blades work. That's all I'm going to say. You think you know how saw well, blades they work. they spin, and they have yeah. little teeth. <laughs> and they cut things, right? That's all. Caleb did the deepest dive on saw blades. Right. That I, I don't even know that you could put more information on saw blades into a video. I, I, I honestly don't think you could. I, I don't think there's room <laughs> on YouTube for as much information as Caleb packed into this video. It is utterly fantastic. I learned... Okay, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell a story. So you know the scene where he did the miter saw and he's like, if you do this, if you use this kind of blade in the miter saw, it's gonna run on you, it's gonna be dangerous. Oh yeah, where you instead of yeah. So instead yeah. of pulling it, you Yep, 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 yeah, okay. yep, yep. Um Well, you know what's funny about my miter saw is um I have the manual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have the manual. You can complete the sentence. I have the manual, but um yeah, I had I've had a problem with my Ryobi saw, which I love. I love this saw; it works great. The only problem I have with it is it's ridiculously loud. But I can live with that because I wear ear protection because I'm a good boy. And, it's a, and so it's a sliding one, sliding ten inch. Yeah. It's it's their it's their premium ten inch mm-hmm. miter saw. It's a really great saw. It came out of the box. It was dead square, um, and the according to my angle finder, it is perfectly perpendicular the blade to the fence at at zero i i can't ask i you know you yeah. say what you want about ryobi but out of the box this damn thing was calibrated on the nose the only thing on it that doesn't work or that generally sucks is the laser have you i have never used any laser well i don't use this one because yeah. it doesn't work and one of the reasons i got this one was because the laser the other was the slide all right the slide works great the laser is absolute horrific garbage yeah i mean i've never used the laser on my drill press or any Sh- shadow line is the way to go yeah. by the way don't bother with lasers on Agreed. on at least on a on a miter saw i do use the laser on my drill press all the time yeah it, and, and it might just be me calibrating it but it's still, yeah. dead on like i took it out of the box craftsmen you are geniuses apparently the damn thing will put a literal x the only thing is most of what i do at my drill press is forstner bits and mm-hmm. it's utterly useless for forstner bits. oh yeah right, right. <laughs> it just doesn't do anything because yeah. the x is obscured quite a bit by the head yeah, of a forstner yeah. bit yeah all right, anyway, back to Caleb. Sorry, uh, Caleb made a video on how saw blades work. And one of the things he talked about was the was the blade running on you when you use a sliding miter saw. And I've had that problem with my Ryobi saw since I got it. And apparently I just have the wrong blade on it. <laughs> Oops. Yep. I learned. I'll fix that. I am going to fix it. I'm probably going to fix it this weekend because it is a really dangerous situation. Like, I have had it. I, I've gotten to the point where I expect it so I can control it. Mm-hmm. The first time it ran on me, it scared the crap out of me. Um, but now, like I said, I, I kind of expect it. I know it's coming. So I've gotten... I'm prepared to, like, fight it a little bit. But 
No, you don't have to fight it. You just put a better right. blade and do your do your cutting properly like an adult in well, two passes. Well, I think passes. that's the thing with any tool, too. And, and I'm not... Trust me, I, I do a lot of things. I'm contradicting myself right now. But <laughs> anytime you're fighting a tool, you, something's wrong. Well, yes and no. Yeah? I'm going to tell you... Uh, so, I... <laughs> Yeah, maybe, you know what, maybe you're right. Something was wrong. So I, when I had Bruce on, when I had mm-hmm. Bruce on episode two, Bruce and I talked about, Bruce and I talked quite extensively about how terrified of my table saw I was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of my, I don't, you know, one of those embarrassing things to admit. When you're a, a woodworker and you're afraid of a tool, something's wrong. Like right. you, you shouldn't be afraid of any tool. If you're a woodworker, you just shouldn't be. You should have a, a healthy respect. Yes, for sure. But not fear. Like, I was panicking every time I used the table right. saw. It turns out that I was having problems because I was just using the ripping blade. When I was ripping, I was using the ripping blade that came with the saw. It was a contractor grade, mm-hmm. basically a framing blade, just a garbage blade from DeWalt. Yeah. DeWalt makes the absolute worst blades right. on the planet, by the I, way. I, and I don't know what it is. Like any, I feel that same way about any t- tool. Like I have a Bosch uh, job site table saw, and I love the saw, table saw. I that blade was horrible. I replaced it like the first. That was the first thing I did. And yeah, so when Bruce, Bruce at one point Bruce said something or other, and it clicked in my head, like you know, dummy, maybe it's just the blade. Right. So I went and I got a Diablo, I think a thirty-two tooth um, ripping blade. Okay. And a thin kerf one. And I was very specific. I wanted the thin kerf because if I did hardwoods, I know that this saw is this saw is pretty good, but I know it's going to bog down a little on a hardwood right. if I use a regular kerf blade. So I got a thin kerf blade, and this thing takes wood like a champ now. Right, it's it's night and day. Right, it's it's unbelievable. Like it's like I bought a new saw, and all I did was change the blade. Like, and it's not because the blade is sharp. The thin kerf is, I think, what made the biggest difference. Because the saw doesn't have to work as hard. Well, I think I think that's also the lesson, though, too, and I, and I'm getting to that point now. The second that the it the blade uh, starts to feel like it's not working as well or whatever, that's the time to replace it. Because yep. every time you do that, then it's like it's. Like, I, I'll do a quick analogy. Every time I go to the eye doctor, I don't think I need a new prescription. And then they give me a new prescription, and I walk out, and I'm like, I was freaking blind. You, know, like, <laughs> you just don't notice it until you get the new one. Oh, totally. And then, and then it's a night and day. It's like, oh, my I, gosh, what I, was I doing? I'm totally dealing with that right now, that exact situation right now. I was in the, <laughs> I was in Michael's two weeks ago, and I was looking at the model paints, the testers model paints. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever seen these jars. They're only about an inch and a half tall. They are tiny. Mm-hmm. And there's a label on them that tells you what color they are. I could not read. I just walked away. I just didn't buy them. Like, I couldn't tell what color they were. I was like, because model paint separates in the bottle. So you can't just look at the color of the paint in the bottle and know what color it is. You have to actually look at the label. And I'm like, screw this. I can't read this. I'm not buying this. I ended up buying rattle cans. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay, sorry. Caleb's video is absolutely fantastic. It was the easiest pick of video of the week this week because just... Caleb, you killed it, bro. You freaking killed it. It it went into details about saw blades that I didn't know. Hook angle and gullet size and vent size and teeth, teeth, tooth orientation. I I know there are different tooth orientations, Mm -hmm. but I've never thought about why you would care. What I like too is I liked I love I loved how he used the straws. I thought that was a really it was a really good demonstration. 
That was uh-huh. great, right? That the was... difference between a rip cut and a cross cut, yeah. what you're trying to accomplish. In... Yeah. Caleb, I'm, I'm telling Caleb, if you're listening to this, that video will go down as like one of my favorite videos. And anytime I need a refresher, right. that's, that's going to be one of those. One of those... Yeah, that's, a, that's right. definitely a put it in your research folder for when you need to refresh your memory on what you need and why you need it. So absolutely fantastic job. Easy, easy pick for yeah. our second video of the week. And, and one other quick thing, too, is I think I, I really enjoyed him explaining the why you'd spend $100 on a blade versus a 30, $20 or $30 on a blade in terms of being able to resharpen it. I thought that was a really good understanding, which I definitely did not understand before. And and basically the the... the point is the really expensive blades have more carbide on it so you can they have more kind of like the knives right they have more uh material to work with so you can sharpen them so a hundred dollar blade might cost three times as much but you can get five times more life out of them by resharpening them for 10 bucks so and and realistically i mean that's that's one of those like i know people that are that buy like forest blades Mm -hmm. that are like you know the particularly if you have a saw stop, you know people oh, yeah. are buying hundred and thirty dollar blades for their right. saw stops, and uh, that blows my mind. Now, I'm not saying there's no value in buying it, but that is not my world. No, neither am I. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to buy the thirty dollar ones and throw them out when they're done. But yeah, but I didn't understand why what the difference was, and I mm-hmm. can understand that that why why there's a difference and why why mm. people might go that path so and now it makes you know now it totally makes more sense as to why those blades are so much more expensive right exactly you know it's not just they're not just better with vague right you know quotes Quotes. (laughs) they literally are a better blade there's more carbide you can you'll get four blades for the price of one which i guess if you think about it though if a blade is 30 dollars and it costs you 120 dollars and then 15 bucks each time to sharpen it it is kind of cheaper to just buy the cheap blade and throw it away. It's just less wasteful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, so... Well, and, I, and I'm just not the type of person that will ever take a blade to get resharpened. But... No, I, I don't even know where... You know, see, he, so he said that in the video. He's like, so, you know, you could get this resharpened for like 15 bucks. And I'm like, I have no idea where to do that. Yeah. Like, I have no idea. Like, I have... I had um, one of my bandsaw blades kinked. Which, by the way, that's a strange experience to have when your bandsaw blade kinks like while in operation while in operation it kinked and it basically destroyed the blade Hmm. um and i'm like i don't even know what to do with the blade like i can't get it wrapped back up to throw it away it's standing up against the wall in my shop because i can't figure out what to do with the damn blade (laughs) it's so embarrassing like i swear sometimes things happen to me in the shop and i just go i don't want to talk about this because i'm supposed to know how to do this stuff (laughs) i have a bandsaw blade standing up against the wall in my shop because i can't get it to fold up because i keep cutting myself every time i try to you know do that twisty thing that you do like you figure eight it and then fold it over itself to make it into a loop (laughs) i can't get it to work and i keep cutting my hands i'm like screw this i'll just leave it hanging sitting up against the wall i'm gonna end up with a I'm going to end up with hooks on the wall with like 12 bandsaw blades because I don't know what to do with them because they're all kinked and screwed up and I can't do anything else and I'm scared to cut my hands open on them. Somebody will find it someday and just be like, that's art. It's just all the all the thrown away the, bandsaw blades. It's these art. ancient humans, they right? collected these strange rings with spikes on them and I can't explain why. <laughs> um, my thing is, I only have one thing of the week this week. Okay. Um, and it's a video. It's um, 
Actually, no, I have two things of the week. I'm an idiot. I have two things of the week. The first one is um, our friends over at NerdForge. Oh, yeah. Martina, who I might have a little bit of a crush on. Not even going <laughs> to lie. Um, Martina made two wands, and she hand-carved them. And they are stunning. They're absolutely... Both of them are just like, oh, wow, so freaking cool. So... I, you know, there's not a whole lot to say because it's it's really a visual. Just watching her work. If I've talked about NerdForge before, if you've never watched Hanzi Hanzi and Martina work, you are missing out on one of the better YouTube channels. You yeah, really well, you introduced are. me to them. They are fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. and they're really I I got to say they are really nice people. Um, just fantastic. They do a whole they do a wide variety of projects. They're very very talented in the stuff that they do. They yeah. are. Absolutely, absolutely, my uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels, and they have been for years. So, um, Martina's wands—that's my first thing of the week. My second thing of the week, because I inspired it, I almost have to. Um, <laughs> friend of the show gets a mention on almost every show. He's like the Johnny builds in the coffee tables. Is now the <laughs> Dave Swiduck mention. Um, but Dave did—he restored. <laughs> I love oh, yeah, this. Yeah. He restored GI Joes. Now, if you've ever had G.I. Joe's, you know how they're put together, that the waist is attached to the torso. The legs are attached to the torso through the waist with an O-ring, a rubber O-ring. And, well, that doesn't always last very long. Yeah. And over time, it deteriorates, it gets sticky, it breaks down, because it's, you know, it's rubber. It's going to happen. These toys are 30 years old. Um he actually, he mentioned it the other day. He's like, I have a whole bunch of G.I. Joes I need to restore. And I'm like, oh, I know. I got the instructions. Hold on one second. I went into my um, went into my bookmarks, and there they were. I sent them over, and he made a video. He made two videos on IGTV. So the first one, he did Alley Viper. And on the second one, he did the legendary Storm Shadow. Well, not the original Storm Shadow. And by the way, Dave, don't think I don't know that that's not the original <laughs> Storm Shadow. I'm, I'm hip to Storm Shadow. Um, yeah, it was really cool watching him do it though. Like he watching him work through the process because Dave is not a guy like us that has like massive sets of tools and clamps and, you know, just watching him like open up this little set of tools. He's, he's apologizing for it as he's always like, you know, this is what I use in my house and it's good enough for me because I'm not a maker. I know. I love how he like, this, ap- the, the he's apologizing. <laughs> He was apologizing for his yeah. tools. I love it. I yeah. love it. No, but and I, I, I was saying this before uh, while we were on break. I think I was a huge GI Joe, uh, GI Joe guy, and ten year old me was just like looking at that bag of GI Joes that he has. I was like, Oh, I recognize a... so many. <laughs> I, like, I recognize so many oh, of them. Totally. I was like, I'm trying to figure out what I can trade him for on the on the <laughs> playground. You know, like <laughs> I'm starting to think like maybe he'll take a couple of Tonka trucks for a couple of Joes. Oh. Ooh, because that's my thing now. Just I do Tonka truck. There. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's weird. It's weird how things become your thing. Like Dave's going to become the GI Joe restorer right, right. guy. <laughs> like that, whether he wants to or not, that's what he's going to be now. He's going to be awesome. the GI Joe restorer guy. But yeah, I was very impressed, and also it's kind of cool watching him do something outside of the realm of his normal channel. Because I mean, he's he's a talent. He's got a he's got that voice. Yeah, well, he's like, got that voice, and he, but he's 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 a super talent. At whatever mm-hmm. he does, so I, I I hope he does more of this kind of stuff because I I, I, love, I do I'd watch it. So 
I, I agree. And, you know, it's funny because he was having issues uploading to IGTV. He goes, maybe I'll put it on YouTube. And yes. I'm like, yes, Dave, yes, do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I'll find the links somehow to link that in the show notes. I think you can link directly to IGTV videos. I'll if figure not, it just out. do it to his. Yeah, just his, go to his go to his handle. Instagram and it's it's there. It's it's really cool to watch like the process. And if you ever had GI Joes, you know what a miserable thing they are to deal with because they they were. I loved them. I played hard with them. I had a lot of them, and they're really fragile. Oh yeah, totally. I hate to say it, but they're just not made particularly well. well and right. you you break them, you can't. You, you know, putting them back together is not something a kid can figure out. They don't make GI Joes like they. No. Oh they yeah, you know. When I was your age, they made G.I. Joe's that walked uphill both ways, barefoot in the snow. Yeah, we know. <laughs> ah, all right. So those are those are my things of the week. Just two lowly little things of the week. Oh, those so, are great. All right. Yeah. My turn? Your turn. All right. Uh, well, real quick one, and we've already talked about it, but it is I, the magic arm. Unbelievable. I'm so pumped on the magic arm, not just from like my application or Bernie's application. I think these things are so cool. Um, so the magic arm is my definitely my like product of the week. Um, I think you could use them for lights or microphone stands or again extra hands. Like if, if you're soldering <laughs> or something, you could transform these things into so many things. And I love the mechanism of them. So magic arms, awesome. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, my I have a video of the week. Um, that is not the video of the week. So, um, <laughs> all right. So my video of the week is by Fisher Shop. Um, oh, yes. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, Drew of Fisher Shop, uh, one of the members of the We Built a Thing podcast. Shout out, guys. Um, he did a video on, he made a bucket. And that sounds so, so boring. I'm it, sorry. It, it legitimately sounds, so sounds like the dumbest idea and, in and history. He, and he says that. He's like, I made this video... It, I like he he'll admit that, but it is a fantastic video, and there's and it goes into just the intricacies of a bucket, and it it is astounding. And it all right, so well, one I think it's I think it's made out of walnut, maybe I don't know, but yep. Either way, the it takes a lot to make a bucket. You basically you have angles and tapers and all these different things that you have to get one hundred percent correct. For it to work, because otherwise, it mag you know that any little error builds on itself as you go around all the different stages of the bucket. By the way, that was a word I learned watching watching his video that what? they're called staves. Oh, staves, yeah, yeah. Well, I told him so, and this uh, conversation for another time. But me and my dad made uh, my parents went to William and Mary, and they're big colonial people and whatever. And so uh, we, me and my dad, went and uh, made. Old, uh, colonial with colonial tools we made buckets and so that's so Ooh. which is very cool but anyways back to drew i think the video is fantastic the bucket is beautiful and it just goes to show the uh, how detailed he is and how detailed i could never be to make that bucket <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing he's just it, I, I think it, it the level of detail and precision and perfectionism that he does is just always like inspiring to me even though i don't really want to ever be that way <laughs> i i find it really interesting and amazing and his videos are just great yep. the the dad jokes the humor the like everything I, so great video 
he's oh all of his videos are always amazing but this one was really really fun and i really liked it and he tried bent lamination for the first time too which is great so so that's uh my unofficial video of the week cool and then really quick because it wouldn't be an episode if i didn't talk about him oh um, god he dropped it at like maybe maybe 15 minutes before we started recording um, but make something TV. Dave Ricciuto dropped his latest video video on the vis- vid- uh, vision board um, that he made. And again, I just loved the message that he sent. Uh, it was about the video board and about being inspired about um, not, you know, about being, being poor and judging people for having things that you didn't have and, how that's not the right attitude and so again i think he had the video the project was great the message was even greater and yeah so it was really really good um as i said it just dropped so go watch it i thought it was really good and if you're a patreon uh patron patreon patron of his patreon Patreon, Mm -hmm. um he also did a video just for them uh for what all the different things on his vision board meant and i've only made about halfway through so i'm excited to watch that after we you and i are gonna have to discuss what the hell the netflix logo is i know i gotta i gotta watch i i that's the only one i care about i figured all the other ones out i cannot figure out what the hell so that's what i was watching why i was a little bit late coming on yeah that's what i was was watching watching. that when you came on uh, when you sent me the link (laughs) and i was like uh hold on and then i I finally i was like all right i can't finish this i gotta gotta, 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 (laughs) but well i'm excited though he uh so he's gonna release a record did you see that no. Yeah, so he's going to he one of the things he's going to do this year is drop a record. Uh I think two songs, a 7-inch vinyl or something, and wow. he's going to do all the artwork for the uh for the cover and he's going to re- release two songs and I'm stoked. I don't even care what it sounds like. I'm pumped to hear it. So. Yeah, I I maybe yeah, maybe well, maybe we'll get on the show. We that would be awesome. We, uh, I, you know, Dave. I, I don't know if you're listening, but if you are, we really want to have you on the show. <laughs> really want to have you on the show. Well, we just talked. One more small fact about me and him. So he talked about the in this. Uh, he collected cameras, and that was my first thing I ever collected when I was growing up. Uh, my mom was a big garage sale person so i went with an antique person and so i went to all these garage sales and stuff and i started collecting cameras i think when i was maybe eight to ten somewhere in that range uh and started collecting cameras and he talks about collecting cameras and so i sent him uh i i mean i left a comment on the video about collecting cameras and he responded so can can we discuss before we go because we're pretty much done now but can we discuss that polaroid printer yeah, how crazy is that? So you I looked it up. It's $130. I'm oh, one 130 bucks? That's not yeah, bad at all. I am one itchy finger away from ordering it. Like that is the coolest damn thing I've ever seen. Yeah, so basically what it is is like it's this little I mean it's such a small footprint. It's probably like, you know, a little bit bigger than the size of a Polaroid. Mm-hmm. And you put your phone on top of it and it prints out a Polaroid of whatever's on your screen, right? Uh-huh. That's that's it, and I'm like, this thing is genius. I need this in my so life cool. ASAP. So, cool. so I am, I am telling you, just so you know, within the next two weeks, I will have it because I want that. Yeah, like that, that is, is something so cool. that I just I have to have that. So so I and I have a couple old Polaroid cameras. I think they're at, still at my parents' house. I got to find them because I I want to find out if I have ones that he doesn't. 
Ooh. Yeah. But I'm Ooh. pretty sure he probably has them, but Hey, you know what? I was thinking as we were watching as we were watching that video, I was like, you know, Polaroid cameras always were the coolest damn thing when I was a kid. Like It's like just, magic. Yeah, it literally is like magic. By the way, I was telling I was telling I was telling Beth, do you know why you don't why you don't shake them? Do you know the reason you don't? Because you're not supposed to shake well, them to develop them. Outcast is wrong, apparently. <laughs> Outcast is very wrong. You do not <laughs> shake Polaroids. The reason is that the plastic that covers the um, the developer mm-hmm. is slightly rigid. And have you ever took like um, rigid, like, okay, perfect example, because you'll understand this. You know the plastic that covers the cricket mats? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that. If you hit that, if you move that the wrong way, it'll crease. Oh, yeah, totally. So if you sit there flicking uh, this thing back and forth, you run the risk of it creasing, and then you'll ruin your picture. So you're not supposed to shake a Polaroid picture. See, that's another tip for like today. Don't shake Polaroid picture. No, don't shake it. Outcast, or babies. Don't, Outcast, don't, you're wrong. <laughs> don't, don't shake babies either. Those are two <laughs> things you shouldn't shake. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think that's going to do it. All right. You know, I am actually working very hard to come up with an outro that's much more than the mess that usually ends the show like we limp to the finish line every week and i forgot to write anything down this week so i don't have a pre-planned intro outro but see i didn't even know it was called an outro haha um i think but thank you i think anyone that listens enjoys our awkward outros i I sure as hell hope so because they get one every single (laughs) week (laughs) thank you for listening everybody we will be back again next week um i'm pretty sure um in fact i'm almost positive we're gonna have a guest next week so it's not just gonna be ethan and i so you guys get to rest your ear holes you don't have to hear us blather for another episode (laughs) and we will see you then have a great one everybody